You're listening to the Spa Strong Podcast, where we empower estheticians to become badass beauty CEOs and build profitable, thriving businesses. We're your hosts, Melissa Ellis, licensed master esthetician. And I'm Royal Ellis, former police officer. Together, we will help you achieve total aesthetics badassery. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with the other beauty professionals you know. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's do this shit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. We're so excited to have you. And we have an amazing guest with us today. Yes. But of course, before we introduce her, (laughs) if you're loving the Spa Strong Podcast, then please subscribe, leave a review, share it with all of the estheticians, beauty professionals that you know and love so that we can help more estheticians and beauty pros become badass beauty CEOs and achieve their goals and grow their businesses. Whoop, whoop. That's your jam. That's my jam. I love it, you guys. I I seriously do. This is what I'm all about. Okay, so today we have the pleasure of speaking with Lisa Graziosi. Lisa is known in her industry as the number one extension stylist. After 16 years in the industry, she launched the first specialized hair extension salon, Extension Bar, in Scottsdale, Arizona. From behind the chair to founder of an extension bar, or of, sorry, edit, Write that down. Um, From behind the chair to founder of Extension Bar, Lisa will share the startup secrets no one often talks about from salon operations to building a team. Lisa will share what it takes to make your dreams a reality. Lisa, we're so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much, you guys. I'm so excited to be here. We have been... um, you know, following you for a while. And we just love all of your experience, what you bring to the industry and everything. So we were thrilled that you were able to fit us into your schedule and be a guest on the podcast. Well, likewise, thank you for thinking of me. And I swear, I love to help people any way I can. And I also love to help people, you know, go a lot faster than I did from my experience. So I'm an open book. So anything you want to know, I'm here to help. Awesome. Awesome. Thank Thank you. you. Okay. So how about you just dive in, tell us a little bit about you and how you got into the beauty industry. Okay. So I, um, became, okay. So let me just jump into the extension part of it. So I, um, you know, was a cosmetology student, was an assistant, was doing hair. Um, but then I, you know, when you're fresh into the industry, you volunteer yourself to, um, you know, beauty shows and being a model on these, beauty shows and having your hair cut like a pixie and whatever, just because you want to volunteer yourself as, as, um, a platform artist, um, model. So I I did so, and my hair was cut to like, literally my hair was cut to the same cut as the mom of the Brady Bunch. Oh, I don't know if you remember that. It was literally a mullet. Oh no. That's how I started. I started doing hair extensions and actually my first extensions, um, the girl that did my hair, she was so amazing. She's like, and I was, you know, 17. I had no money and my parents don't have money like that to get to pay for my hair. So I was just like going to the phone book looking for someone to help me. And I went into a salon and she's like, oh, honey, let me fix your hair. And my extensions that I got were so bad. They were like big blobs of blue. (laughs) You know, she was so sweet. Like she took me in as like her, like her daughter. She's like, oh, let me take care of you. And she like did my, she did like, I had, I had cornrows and I had also like big blobs of, of glue, oh, no. but I didn't, 
was so happy because I had a hair again. Yeah. And I still wore it up in a ponytail with a million bobby pins. That way, you know, um, it, it wasn't so noticeable that it was a pixie cup. Anyway, that's my first experience with hair extensions. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, this is an art. I'm going to learn it. Then my second experience uh, that's a little bit more personal is uh, I have alopecia areata and my hair started falling out in patches when I was like mm. 20 years old. And I was like, what the heck is this? And why do I have it? And I did every test in the world and everything came back normal, thank God. But it was just, it's just a condition that no one knows why it happens. Yeah. It could be because of stress or genetics or whatnot. So after that, I really became like, amazed about extensions and what they can do to someone's hair. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, I, so for years I obsessed on them. I learned every course I did every method and I went to, you know, I went and shadowed different stylists that were amazing. And I took some methods and made them my own. Um, fast forward a few years. Um, I opened extension bar because I thought extension bars or extensions are such a luxury and a lot of people could really benefit from them, not just because they want to look like, you know, a playmate, but because also they have hair loss or, you know, their hair is naturally genetically thin and they want to have a little bit more volume and look more youthful. Everyone has their own reasons and why. Um, so I opened Extension Bar because I wanted something that was affordable for everyone. So when you get there, we have the hair in stock most of the time. We're still working on that. Well, you have the hair in stock. We have all the methods to offer you, not just one, mm-hmm. because not all of us can have, you know, all the extension methods. Um, so we have, it's just a very easy, I want to say like Google-ish, like very simple, simplified way of doing extensions and very affordable. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. I did not know that about you, that yeah. you had... Um, I say alopecia. How you mm-hmm. you said a longer? Yeah. Um, it's alopecia areata. That's like okay. when it's, I guess when it's like um, in single patches and when it actually does grow back. But sometimes it grows back, sometimes it doesn't. But most of most of mine have grown back, but a lot thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, I know it's crazy and it's uh-huh. so common. You don't even know how common it is. I mean, I know oh. that as because I specialized in my practice. I specialized in chemical peels and lash extensions. And so that was something we always had to ask about in doing lash extensions. You know, if you've been diagnosed with this or um, obviously it, it would affect whether or not you could take that client on to add the weight of the lash extensions and everything like that. But I never actually had a, a client who had been diagnosed with it. And so um, but I know that it's something that we have to watch for. Um, but I love that you... I mean, obviously I don't love that you had that experience. I mean, it sounds like it's mm-hmm. helped guide your life and allowed you to be able to mm-hmm. find yeah. fulfillment in helping others. But that's amazing how you were able to take that and then choose to create this affordable extension bar where you can help people who are yes. struggling with similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I know it's like, you know, you, I mean, everybody I feel with an amazing story or amazing business it's always it stems from something you know and when you really dig into that person and to why why they started it 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 becomes a lot more like wow you know I respect that company but more or wow I can see why they did that you know Mm -hmm. so yeah so true absolutely that's amazing 
Um, okay. So you had been doing extensions for a while before you opened extension bar, correct? Yes. Okay. And what mm-hmm. was it just, I mean, I know obviously you wanted to supply this place for people to be able to go and be helped, but what made you decide that it was time for you to go out on your own and open up this business? Well, honestly, it was time for me to go out on my own for a long time, way before I actually did it. Mm -hmm. I also was comfortable where I was at. I was, you know, making six figures and, you know, was, you know, I had an easy, easy. I mean, it was hard because obviously we don't make money unless we're behind the chair. Right. So now I'm like older. I'm like, okay, actually, I wasn't that easy. I was on a treadmill going really fast, but I wasn't going anywhere, mm, you know? That's a good way to say it. But, you know, so I was like, but when I finally did, and also I was younger, I wanted to go out on the weekends and have my free time. When you're a business owner, you don't go out on the weekends and, you know, you're working when you get home from from the salon. Yeah. Um, so maybe I was in the right place and the right mindset back then. But um, so finally what made me actually do it was, I was um, about to get married and I know that I wanted a family because I, I am getting older. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this right now. Otherwise, I know I won't do it later. Okay. And so I just, ju- I just jumped the gun. I was planning a wedding. I also got, got pregnant right before my wedding. Oh, yeah. So I was already now pregnant. <laughs> um, and so all these things and, um, and then this was right before COVID mm-hmm. too. Wow. Oh yeah. So I've, I've, I've learned so much. I'm definitely, I, I, I will say I am so humbled after opening up a salon, after having so much success in my personal name and being recognized for this or that, or having these top A-list clients and then going to a, opening a salon extension bar that no one knows extension bar. Mm-hmm. I'm starting from ground zero. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm the the salon owner, the owner, the receptionist, the janitor, <sighs> the assistant. You know, the operations manager, the accountant. I'm like the whole package in one. And I'm truly like humble. Like wow, now I have to go back out there and mingle, make a name for myself, do a podcast, do something like that one before. I'm like, eh, I don't even need to do any of that because it's all, my name was so recognized by word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, wow, 2021, everyone's doing podcasts. Everyone's doing online uh, marketing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to step up my game on Instagram. So it's always, you always have to learn. You, you never know it all. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I find, Were you going to say something? Sorry. Yeah, I was, I was going to say like, I was just going to add to that to to the fact that you were like you're super humble now because no matter and I think a lot of people need to realize no matter the success you have like learning is something that will forever come if you ever stop learning it's a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a it's a big problem mm-hmm. yes I my my sister Lainey said something like so amazing that I always like think to myself she says I'll always be a student of personal personal growth. Yes. She's like, I'll forever be a, a student of personal growth. And it's so true. Like you can't ever know it all. There's always something to learn or makes better in yourself. Absolutely. And I think that 
part of growing your business and part of being successful in your career is that personal growth. Like my first business mentor I ever had, we hardly talked about business. We talked about my values. We talked about my purpose. We talked about the, you know, the character flaws and weaknesses I needed to work on. And that is what set me in the correct trajectory to be able to grow my business and focus on those other things. Once I was in a state of mind and um, in a place mentally and emotionally that allowed me to then start focusing on my business in a healthy way. So personal growth is huge when it comes to your career. Absolutely. Oh, actually, one of the questions that I asked when I interviewed the girls at the salon is like, are you into personal growth? Like how much personal growth do you do? And I've had people say, what is personal growth? And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, lead them the way I'm like, this is, this is what personal growth is. And you really honestly need to follow this account, that account, that account, and read this book and that book. And, and, you know, they're like, oh, okay. I don't know if they ever do, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Huge. It really, really is. Um, so let's let's go into that a little bit more with like growing your team and finding people who match your values and the um the environment that you wanted to have for extension bar. Uh when you so when you decided, okay, I'm gonna open this up. Did you already yep. have people in mind that you wanted to hire and bring on? Or were you like, I've got to start from scratch and build this from the ground up? I literally started from scratch. I brought my assistant that was with me <clears throat> as a stylist because she was already ready to go on her own. So I'm like, wait a little bit longer. This salon's almost ready. Like I want you to start this with me. And the girls that I've hired so far, I tell them, listen, we're all wearing many hats. You guys are wearing as many hats as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a place that's established where you just clock in, clock out, and you know, uh, you know, you don't do anything afterwards. Like I'm going to be texting you about, hey, what do you think about this? Or you know, let's let's make sure that we do this differently and that differently. Or your pay might be this way, and tomorrow it might change. Why? Because we're evolving. Everything's going to be changing, and especially the first year we open because we are still trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you know, if this is not a place where you feel like you want to be, then let me know right now, because I, this is how I am. I'm just so honest with my stylist because I've had it in the past where I've gone through assistants that say, well, this is not what I signed up for. And I'm like, I told you from number one this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people, when they graduate school, they have a, a, a picture painted in their, in their head of like, oh, I'm going to graduate and I'm going to have, you know, style our uh, clients right away and I'm going to make money right away. But it it doesn't happen like that. Like just because you graduated school and you got that paper doesn't mean you have the experience. Amen. That part. And that means more than the paper and and your education, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You you said it best. (laughs) Like, yeah, that part, like. Just yeah. because you have that paper does not mean you have the experience. Well, you haven't yeah. done anything to earn it. I mean, exactly. yes, you went to school and I applaud you for completing your hours and passing your state boards. That's great. But that's not the end of the road. There is yeah, so much more that you have to do in order to make a name for yourself in order and in order to build trust with clients and make them want to actually book with you. It's not mm-hmm. enough just to be licensed. Uh-huh. No, exactly. Because it's not just um, like you said, the, the license, but it's also, how do you talk to clients? Who are you as a person? What clients are you going to attract? Um, your art form, your skill, how, how efficient you are, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't mean, cause you know how to uh, do a highlight, but you take seven hours on it. it doesn't mean you're ready. It's just, right. 
there's so many ways like you know how you carry yourself are you confident there's so many sweet girls that come in and they're assistants and they're so excited but they're like shy and they they step away from the sale or they mm-hmm. step away you know like there's so much that goes into it. it's a whole package yeah. especially as an owner i have a brand to stand behind mm-hmm. so the thing is what they don't see is if that client if let's say i throw you on the floor if that client comes in and is upset with their hair who has to pay for you know who has to reimburse that client because I, I will do the right thing. So I will reimburse the client, me. Mm-hmm. And I still have to pay my assistant. I still have to pay my stylist. Mm-hmm. And I still have to pay the product and, and the light that was on and the water that was used. So they don't know how much we're losing. They just say, oh, you're an owner. You're always winning, winning. But we're not. No, It's not at all. And I encourage a lot of the girls that think they can do it. I'm like, go ahead, do it. I want you to do it. Yeah. See what it is. And, you know, of course, people will always say, oh, the owner has it easy, but I'm like, just please go ahead and do it. And you will see how much and how hard it is to be an owner. And I want everyone to succeed and do whatever they want to do. If you want to be a platform artist, if you want to be salon owner, if you just want to be, you know, uh, on an online um, space educational, whatever it is, but I encourage you to first start from the bottom and work your way up and literally know all forms of the salon, know the, the software, the, the, you know, the booking software, customer service, um, you know, your chemistry when it comes to color and formulas um, and all of that. It's it all is important. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so much, obviously you want to master your craft, but there's so much on the back end. I love what you said earlier in the conversation about how you wear all the hats. You're the accountant, your operations, your janitor, yep. your inventory, your sales, your all of these things. And when Royal and I uh, teach at uh, beauty schools, we tell them, we're like, look, if you want to go out on your own, that's great. Just know it's going to get real. We would like. encourage you to work for <laughs> yeah. somebody else first, you know, so that you can see that there's so many more moving parts than just taking care of your clients. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that goes into it and it's only going to um, benefit you to gain more experience first. Not saying you can't do it, not say you can't graduate school and go straight into opening your own studio or whatever it is. If that's what calls you, great, go for it. It just know you're going to have to work harder to gain that experience and learn those lessons on your own. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would say going back to your question, I know we uh, digressed. <laughs> going back to your question, I, I would say that, um, you know, the most important part is when you starting your, for me, my most important part was building a culture. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I like to look at the people that are doing way better than me. And I use them as my role models, even if they don't even know who I am. I'm just like a little speck on the, on this earth. And they're just this huge company and, and they don't know. But one of my favorite books, there's so many books that I could talk about, but that's another episode. Um, Shoe Dog. Have mm-hmm. you guys heard of Shoe Dog? No, we're I've, writing it down. Though. I've heard of I it, but it. I haven't read it. Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And it talks about the story of Nike. Um. And I'm obsessed with it because he he talks about how, you know, the whole culture of Nike and he ties it in with his home. And he ties that in with building this empire and also starting from nothing. Mm -hmm. And what made him successful is his culture. 
he built this huge culture around. It's like, for instance, um, how Google. Google has an amazing culture where you go into a Google office as an employee, you don't leave. You have snacks, you have food, you have, but, but you know, you have a comfortable uh, napping area. I have a friend that works in Google in New York. And I, when I get there, I'm like, why are you a chef, a gym, a <laughs> doctor? In here? They take care of their, their employees. Wow. But at the same time, they also ask these questions and they make their employees work on personal growth, you know, um, bond with each other. They have a certain level of culture. Like for me, I don't accept any type of bad mouthing clients or, or each other, nothing zero. Um, there's just certain levels where we're like, Hey, this is our culture. We're all wearing many hats. And if it doesn't fit you, that's okay. There's nothing wrong about it with it, but it's just not going to fit us. And I'm really, um, straightforward from the, the, the get go. And I let them know, like, this is really important to me as culture, personal growth. All of that is in our culture. I I love love that. I think Mm -hmm. it's so important because you have to realize that like, not only does culture help you as the owner to, um, stay organized and keep things consistent, but culture is what draws your clients in. When they know, okay, yes, I'm going to go get extensions. There are probably lots of people in Scottsdale, Arizona that offer hair extensions, right? Mm -hmm. So what is it about their experience with you that makes them continue to go to extension bar as opposed to anybody else? Just like all of you beauty professionals listening, there are other people offering the same services around you. So your brand, your culture, the environment, the experience that your clients have and see within whether it's just you solo or consistently see across your team, that's very, very important. And they notice those things and that helps them decide whether or not they're coming back to you. Mm-hmm. And for and another part of, of that falls into our culture is how we make them feel. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that are paying us, right? We, they're, we're, we're here to service them. And so a lot of stylists get very, um, what is the best definition? Like they, uh, I don't know. I've seen really, I, I've seen stylists just like demand respect from their clients and, and this and that. And I don't know how else to say it, but you know, and that's not the way it is. It's, it's, we're supposed to be making them feel super special and beautiful. And we are supposed to be earning their trust. And so it's literally, they come back to us because it's how we make them feel. Yeah. And, and our expertise, right? I mean, every, all of my stylists are backed up by me and by, you know, many different platforms of education that I provide for them. So they know they're coming into a place where they are going to go to an expert and not just someone that took a course on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. It, it gets, it, because it gets intimate, right? Like you're going mm-hmm. to, you're going to somebody that you kind of don't know at all and you want them to transform you because you, you possibly feel like you're lacking something that they can fix. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. so it gets intimate, um, especially when it's over and they see the transformation and they look in the mirror. So the experience is huge. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I love that. I think, um, you know, one thing we talk about is how your, your client is the celebrity, not you. And mm-hmm. within the social media world with beauty professionals, we see these like 
star stylists or star estheticians and it's like all about them and people travel to be able to go to them, um, which is cool. You know, that's great. But the bottom line is that it's not the, you know, Melissa Ellis show. It's the who's the client I'm serving right now show. And they're the ones that are the celebrity. And yes, you should have policies and you need to have boundaries in your business and your clients should respect you. But you're ultimately there to help keep them safe in their vulnerabilities that they're bringing to you. Absolutely. That needs to be part of your culture every day. Yep, definitely. And speaking of like, you know, positivity and, 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 um, personal growth, we have a million different quotes in the salon and in an elegant way, like you are beautiful. You are enough. You're this, Mm -hmm. because you don't know what battle they're facing in their head when they come to us, you know, so we can make it or break it for them. Absolutely. It's, it's huge. Absolutely. Okay. So going back um, to talking about teams, you know, you, you mentioned that you, well, I have a couple of questions. First of all, you talked about how you um, have an expectation for your teams to continue with personal growth. So I'd like to know kind of what that looks like, what um, the requirements or requests of them are in that. And then also Another question that we hear a lot or fear that we hear a lot from our estheticians is what if I hire somebody and train them and then they take everything I taught them and go open their own spot? Okay. So I'll be really quick with the first question. Um, What personal growth requirements looks for us? Um, I always give them books, not give them a book, but I give them a title of a book and we all read it together. I've awesome. read these books before, but I'll read them again. And we talk about it. Also, I, I um, encourage them to follow some of the um, personal growth um, mentors that I look up to and aspire from because it's all proximity, right? If it's in front of you, if you're looking at it, if you're reading it, it's going to be, it, it, it all, it's a tri- trickle down effect. So that, that is, that's it. Um, I don't give them tests or anything like, oh, did yeah. you study? <laughs> no. No, I always like, I do uh, ex- uh, express how important it is. Um, and the second question, um, okay, so a lot of us that start a salon and spend so much, just so you know, it's so much time and money spent to hire a, a, a new stylist or a receptionist or assistant it's so much time and money spent to get them trained. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, scary because, you know, for me in my interview process, I know how to weave out the people that are another Lisa that is going to want to learn what she got from me and then take off and do her own thing in like a year. Mm-hmm. So I know how to weave that out. I also know how, and, and, and working on commission and working as an independent stylist, it's all great, but I also have to do what's best for me. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I see someone that's like, I want to own my own salon, I want to have my own chair by next year. I'm like, okay, that's great. But you know, this is not for you. Right. I want someone that could grow with us. And for me, if you're making a ton of money as my stylist, I'm so happy. That's my goal. That is my mission. So if you're looking for extension bar, you're going to make a lot of money. And I want, but I want loyalty. And I want someone that wants to grow with the business mm-hmm. and move on to bigger things too. Um, and just so you know, you guys, if, if you do have someone that's killer and they do leave and take all the clients and, and, and you know, start their own thing, 
it could happen and it's, and it's going to happen, you know, here and there, but you can't let that be your crutch. That's why you always have to be looking for more new, amazing stylists and not just if you find one gem, invest all your, your, your eggs in that basket. No, Mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you're always hiring stylists like that, because if you do have one killer stylist, they might leave, you know, and that's just normal. You can't avoid that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important that just recognizing it's a possibility. It very well Mm -hmm. may happen, but you can't let that fear keep you from putting yourself out there and opening yourself up to the growth of hiring a team. Yes, you can't let that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Bring that person on. You know, if they leave, okay, because you have other people that you've brought on as yep. well. And so you're mm-hmm. going to be fine. You just, mm-hmm. are you just and keep moving. But it's so important when you have a business to wear the many hats. Why? Because if that one person that you depend solely on, let's say to do your accounting, and that person has access to everything, but you don't know how to do jack, then by the time that person leaves, your, your business could, could fall apart. Mm-hmm. that's why it's so important. I tell the girls, well, they're like, well, why do I have to fold towels or cut foils or do front desk? Like, because if you ever want to do your own thing, you need to, you need to know what it takes to do that. Yep. Like it's, it's all, it's all important. Every role is important. Exactly. You, as the owner, you cannot set, you can't have chinks in your armor, so to speak. Yeah. Like yeah. you right. have to be aware of any weak areas within all of your hats that you wear and focus on improving that and strengthening that because yes, maybe it's something that you can delegate out, but you want to be able to tell if that person is ripping you off. You want to, like you said, be able to know if, Hey, they leave, they quit last second. You haven't been able to hire somebody else on you. You're the one who has to step in and take care of those things. So yes, I love that you brought that up. I think that's so important mm-hmm. for sure. Um, okay, Lisa, this has been such a great chat. Do you have any other final tips or thoughts that you want to share about building your team in your beauty business? Um, I would say, you know, having a, let's see, hold on. Let me think about this one. Yes. Okay. Final tips for building your beauty business. Definitely do not ignore the moving trends. I know that a lot of older stylists are, for instance, TikTok are like, wait a minute, but it's, you know, the younger generation. I'm even still late to jump on that board, but always stay on top of the trends. If there's online courses now more than ever because of COVID and this and that, jump on it and see what it's all about. You know, always innovate yourself and, and um, you know, move fast with the trends because for instance, you can be an amazing stylist, but have an awful Instagram. No one's going to go to you. Or you can be a really bad beginner stylist that just graduated school and you have a lot of experience to, to learn, but you have a killer Instagram profile. You're going to acquire those clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely stay on top of the trends. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so important. I love that you shared that. I think like you know, we had a, somebody just asked us the other day, she was like, should I invest in brow lamination training? I mean, it's kind of trendy. Should I do it? I was like, you know what, if people are asking for it and it's trendy right now, do it. If you can afford a training and you can fit it in your service menu, 
do it because yep. it's what yep. people want. And even think about it. You bring people in for brow lamination or whatever service. And then when that goes out, you've had experience building a relationship with them. And now they're also getting skincare from you. They're also getting waxing from you. They're also doing other things. So it's okay if that trend dies because you've acquired a lasting client because you've brought yep. them in to have an amazing experience with go. you and your brand. Yes, oh. absolutely. And that's the problem with extensions. We have such a bad rep, not, you know, entirely, but the people that have a better rep with extensions is because they've had a extension method that wasn't, you know, suitable for that hair. Mm -hmm. They had a, a person that put in their extensions, maybe one millimeter off of this, you know, the starting point, And now they have breakage and they have, you know, alopecia or they have, or they have migraines at night. Mm -hmm. And so, they, oh, extensions are awful. Or they had bad, you know, cheap hair that it's like a dreadlock. And they're like, I can't brush through it. It's like, you know, that's why it's such an art. And, and really, like, don't just do a course, you know, or like, don't try to teach yourself. Do an actual course. Learn it, like you said. Take the lamin brow lamination course. And work and study it, but the course doesn't teach you. You have to do it. You have to take yes. your mannequin and do it and do it and do it until you get it right. Like it, it takes work when no one's watching. That's when you really become someone like a, a, the shining stylist that you want to be. I love it. I love this it. Awesome. It's so true, Lisa. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. all Thank of you that. Guys so and much. Yeah, this has been wonderful. Um, final question. What would you say is your biggest tip for the uh, beauty professionals listening who want to become like serious, profitable beauty CEOs? Okay. If you want to be profitable beauty CEOs, I mean, this kind of all ties with what I just said before. Mm -hmm. I would say literally focus on your art and the whole, um, what am I trying to say? Um, being efficient. For instance, the way I made a lot of money really fast is because I made sure that I'm like, I want to be the best extension stylist. So I went ahead and learned all the extensions, practiced like crazy on people, on mannequins. I became fast. People said, oh, with keratin, it would take, you know, about four to seven hours. I got my mine. I, I whip them down in 30 to, minutes to an hour and they're perfect. So like, just not to brag, but just little things like that. Like mm -hmm. if you want to be the best in your industry, find, see what everybody's doing and maximize on it and make it even better. Find a way to make it better. Find a way to, to add a extra luxury. Let's say if you're an esthetician, something that sets you apart. And before you know it, people will start talking and people will start referring you out and you will be the best and you can raise your prices, but it's also what you bring to the table, right? It's not just like your skill, but it's how you look. It's like, what clients do you want to attract? So you have to think of that perfect avatar of that perfect client of yours. And you have to be that person yourself first. Yeah. But before you know it, it will start coming in. Dropping gems. I know. Straight absolutely. Ah, Lisa, you're amazing. <laughs> we need you back to keep talking about all of this stuff. Um, thank you so much thank you. for everything that you've shared. This has been wonderful. Where can people learn more from you? Um, if you follow me on Instagram, it would be um, extension bar underscore official. 
Um, and uh, that's pretty much it right now. We're working on a uh, on a blog. Nice. That's awesome. But I don't want to give that out yet because it's still in the works and we're, you know, doing that. But if you go on our website, www.extensionbar.com, you'll see a bunch of the stuff that we're working on. Um, and But pretty much our Instagram, that is where we are on every day. And you can always send me a DM and let me know what you want to uh, hear from us. And also any questions that you guys have, I would love to pick apart your business and help you out any way I can. Awesome. awesome. Lisa, that's amazing. So everyone who's listening, we will link um, the Instagram and website in the episode notes. So y'all can definitely reach out, continue learning more from Lisa. Thank you so much again Thank for being you. here. We appreciate everything that you've Thank shared with us and our audience. Thank you guys. You guys are so amazing. I could tell, like, I just want to hang out with you guys already. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Thank you.